Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Our test is in the stands! But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell gonna freeze. Uh, wait. <laughs> it's another edition of the Points in the Pain podcast, sponsored by Stadium. Stadium's number one podcast. Ben Wittenstein. Zach B in the place to be. What's up, player? Not too much. <laughs> Feeling good. We're again in person in the conference room. Got that natural light. Got a On great location. view of Chicago. Yes, sir. It's looking good. Oh, yeah, we on the west side, the best side, you know, right? <laughs> Fifth flow, like, bro, man, yeah. you know, however you want to do it. You know what I'm saying? We here, you know what I'm saying? The conference finals are right among us. Yeah. You know, so some teams went down that we didn't necessarily yeah. want to go down, but it's all right. We're inching, inching towards the end. Follow us on Twitter at Points Paint. We're everywhere you get your podcast. We're yes, on YouTube. Sir. Now we got a really nice camera looking at us. You can see our beautiful shining faces with that <laughs> with that all natural light and a little bit of above light. So hey, no we, filters. we're doing, doing no well. Filters. No, no filters. filters. It's doing well. Um, but yeah, Zach, the, the conference finals are here. Yes, sir. We only got four more teams left. Going to be down to two in a couple four. weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't think this is the finals, the conference finals that most anyone really expected. Golden State and Dallas, Boston, Miami. Uh, maybe more on the Eastern Conference side, but that Western Conference matchup, I don't think a lot of people expected if you talked to them a month or two ago. It's three and a four seed. Like, who would have thought that, right? Like, a third, like a number three seed, a number four seed in the playoffs in general would be the last two teams standing in a conference, but that's where we're, that's where we're at, you know what I mean? And so, but I'll, I'll add a little context to that, right? We do have the number three seed, number four seed in the Western Conference Finals. However... The Warriors are probably not a number four, a true number four seed, right, or a true number three seed, whichever one they are. Because if that team was fully healthy, they probably would have been a number two, number one seed. Because early yeah. on in the season, before Steph went down, you know they were kind of going back and forth with the Phoenix Suns for who had the best record out there in the West. And then Steph goes down, missed some time, and Draymond right back to back, and then they never had Clay throughout majority of the season until after the All Star break. And then you got Jordan Poole. Pool party, you know, say so he continues yeah. to emerge. So when you have all that transpire, you know, what I'm saying the future's bright. And like I said again, like that seeding for the Warriors doesn't really match like their capability, in my opinion. No, I, th- I think you're right. And especially with the coaching, too, from Steve Kerr, we know that he can coach, we know yeah. he can make adjustments, and we know he has the experience in the playoffs to be able to counteract a lot of what these teams are sending their way. So, I mean, this really is we saw what happened with Phoenix. And we can get to that, but we saw what happened with Phoenix against Dallas. Tough crowd. It really does look like the Golden State Warriors are the more complete Western Conference team at this point with Clay healthy. Now Steph's going to be healthy. They have most of their guys healthy. Steve Kerr's coaching really well. They're playing better-ish defense. They're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a really tough out. They got problems for sure. 
Uh, they still do have problems. They're turning the ball over yes. uh, a little too much so far in this postseason, uh, way too much, especially under Mike Brown, which was kind of looking a little skeptical. New Kings just, head coach. Yeah, he just got a new, he just got a new head coaching <laughs> job with Sacramento. And so, like, that, that's fishy right there. But on a good side, you know what I'm saying, a positive note, uh, Steve Kerr obviously gets to come back of uh, health and safety protocol. He's yeah. going to coach in the first game. And so, you know, that's that's good to see that he's going to be back out there. And so that'll be uh, be a different look for the Warriors. I think I think we'll see a different side of the Warriors than we saw the last two games in that Memphis series. But you said a word three times mm-hmm. that's very critical and matters in terms of context in these NBA playoffs. Health. Yes. The healthiest. And so far, that's been kind of the narrative for me in these playoffs. Is what teams are the healthiest? Because that's what it looks like the team is going to ultimately be the last one standing in this postseason. Which one's going to be the healthiest in terms of their roster? Yeah, 100%. And it really is. I mean, you talk about the best avail- the best abilities, availability. Every time. And every time. And it never changes. It's always the same. <laughs> and it's always going to be consistent throughout every single year in the NBA. The teams that are going to be the healthiest are usually the teams that are going to do well now. Phoenix Suns. Mm, mm, I want to bring mm, them mm. up for just a split second That's because <laughs> I did say two week, two or three weeks ago that they would win the NBA Finals, and they are going to Cancun now. Yeah, yeah. the Phoenix Suns. Cabo, Cabo, wherever they go. Yeah, they're going to be watching the finals from somewhere tropical, somewhere warm, because they are not going to be in it. And I really am disappointed in the way they played. I'm disappointed in Devin Booker. I'm disappointed in DeAndre Ayton. Uh, Monty Williams did not make adjustments that I thought he probably should have made to Can counteract Jason that? Kidd. Yep. So they completely collapsed in epic fashion in Game 7. And I just wanted to talk about that for a second because <laughs> it's not making me look good. And it's uh, it's something I thought they were going to be better at, and me they too. just completely weren't. Disappointing. And, and you know, we're going to get into some of those players on that team, the Phoenix Suns. And Monty Williams, he didn't do a good job. But see, honestly, Ben, in that last game, no one really had an answer for what we saw. Like, no. no one had an answer for, like, what had transpired. The players didn't, coaches, coaches didn't, people who were at the game, people that were broadcasting the game. Like, no one had an answer for what we saw in that game seven with the Phoenix Suns and the Dallas Mavericks where you look at halftime and Luka Doncic has 27 points and the Phoenix Suns yeah. has 27 points. And then they come out in the second half and they're going to eight on run and it's now 68 to 27. It's insane. I, I did not expect to see a collapse that big, let alone from the Phoenix Suns, who were an NBA Finals team last year. Yes. I thought they were an NBA Finals team this year. Same. And they have Devin Booker. I mean, Mikel Bridges, well, that guy couldn't make Kinda shots. Like disappeared. He disappeared. DeAndre Ayton disappeared. It, it was just very bizarre, the collapse that this team had. And, I mean, maybe you could give it up for them just being tired. They went to the finals last year. They went to six games. It's a, it's a long season. I guess you could say that. We kind of saw something similar from the Bucks, But they're a young team. Yeah. I, I don't know if that's the right excuse to give the Phoenix Suns. It, they, they just couldn't hit shots. The, and Chris Paul, that's a completely rough. different story, too. Yeah. We, didn't, we even brought up Chris Paul. And, we will, though. <laughs> man, like, I, I don't think I'm going to go on a, a Patrick Beverly rant against Chris Paul right. because that was a little excessive. <laughs> that was a little extreme, a little mm-hmm. excessive. Uh, from Pat Bev, but man, he um, not a good look. Not no, a good look it, for Chris Paul. It wasn't, and it all started after his thirty seventh birthday. Yeah, and that's just, and that's what makes it so crazy. Like he was th- like he turns thirty seven, and the next what four or five games he plays terrible, like terrible. But up until that date, he was doing just fine. 
Yeah. Just fine. Like, he was playing well against the Pelicans. He played well in those first few games against the Mavs. His birthday rolls around. Mother's Day rolls around. They're messing with his family. Yeah. And he just hits the hay. He just hits the wall. I guess that, that fatigue wall, I guess, in terms of postseason. I don't know what it was. But, like I said, in that last game, game seven, Ben, I don't know what happened. That did not look like – you seen Space Jam when them boys lose their powers. That's what it looked like. <laughs> That's, That's, That's for sure like. what it looked like. Yeah, it looked like something – I don't know what he did on his 37th birthday. I don't know what he drank. I don't know what he ate. But he didn't look the same. He really didn't. And he comes out, of course, after the series and says, hamstring injury, he was dealing with something. And even if it's true or not – Everybody's it, dealing with something. Everyone's dealing with something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, how many times can you get hurt in the playoffs? How many times is injuries going to be an issue for Chris Paul in the playoffs? Because it was this year, it was last season, it's been in the past where he's gone to the playoffs and he's had to be dealing with something. It's like, man, you're going to run out of excuses at some point. You gotta, you gotta execute. Everyone's dealing with stuff. It's mm-hmm. wild. It is wild. And so when I, when you look back on it, should he retire? You know, there's so many questions with Chris Paul, and we're going to get into that later. But you know, I don't think. I don't think he's he's ever going to win one. And that's okay. You know what I'm saying? There are plenty of great players out there, you know what I'm saying, that we've seen in this NBA that have not won a championship. You know what I'm saying? Sir Charles, he definitely, you know what I'm saying, he's one of those players. Yeah. Uh, Allen Iverson, one of those players. Uh, I'll go on a limb and just say Tracy McGrady, one of those players. Like, there's been plenty of players in this NBA you know, saying Damian Lillard might not win a championship, yeah. but James Harden, I hope he doesn't win a championship. No, nope. nope. never, <laughs> never in my lifetime. But there's been other good and great players in this league, Patrick Ewing, um, just to name a few players that haven't won a championship. I mean, and then you got that Jordan era. You know, what I'm saying John Stockton, Carmelo. You know, what I'm saying he cost oh, a lot of players yeah. to not win, and that's okay. You know what I'm saying? It's it's all right, but as long as you do what you're supposed to do in this league and you stamp yourself in this league, you can be in a Hall of Famer, which I believe. You know what I'm saying? Chris Paul will be one of those players. Yeah. Oh, I, I for sure believe he'll be a Hall of Famer. He's got the stats. He's got the credentials. Uh, he just needs that title. Now, how much longer can he keep going? And, and is he going to have to maybe pull the, the, the type of stuff LeBron does where he just kind of takes it easy during the regular season and he doesn't overexert himself so he is fully healthy for the playoffs because that might be kind of where he is in his career at this point where he just kind of – has to take some days off and, and make sure his yeah. body is healthy for the postseason run. And he also has to make sure he's on a good enough team to be able to get to the postseason. I agree with that. But the player <laughs> that they got yeah. their tail whooped by is your OBT. So let the people know what's your OBT this All week. right. One big thing, my boy Luka. That's one thing. One thing. My boy Luka Doncic, he's coming up. And he is – I mean, everyone knows what Luka is and everyone knows what Luka brings, but this was right. This was the Luka moment. It was game seven, national audience, chance for the conference finals on the line, and, man, did he show up. He had 27 at halftime, the same amount of points the Suns had. It's ridiculous. He was hitting shots on eight, and in the post he was hitting shots on bridges from the three-point line. He was just hitting everything from everywhere. Playing pretty good defense, too, which is a knock. People knock him for his defense, rightly so, but he showed up defensively. It was his game, and the fact that he showed up in a Game 7 in the playoffs shows you what type of player he is because the good players show up when they need to show up, and Luka did that, and he did it to the max, and now his team's going to the conference finals, and he's looking unstoppable. Like I don't, I don't know how you stop Luca at this point. You can't stop him in the post. You can't stop him from the three point line. He can hit mid range jumpers. He can take you to the basket. I mean, he is under twenty five, and it almost looks like he is in his prime right now. Which is funny, right? Because with Luca, 
You know, so we all know, and for those who don't know, you know so Luca been playing pro ball yeah. <laughs> since about 15. So he got about seven years of experience playing professional basketball. Not high school basketball no. when he was 15, 16, 17 years old. No. He played against grown men <laughs> at that age. And so you fast forward, he's been in the league now, what, at least four or five years. And when you look at Luca, you're like, what's the answer? I think the Warriors will have an answer. Really? I really do. I really think the Warriors they will have throw an answer something at for, Luka. for Luka. They just got so many bodies that they can yeah. throw at him. Now, I do want to give Luka credit in that series for showing up, being that young of age, right? Because it's impressive. Because if you look across in the uh, – you look across, across – what, down – I don't know what, what uh, interstate it is, but if you go all the <laughs> way down to Memphis from Dallas <laughs> – you know, so they didn't have that answer from their young guys. And then you mentioned, obviously, John Morant getting hurt in that series, too, which, once again, that health factor, right? Yep. Which team's going to be the healthiest? Now, granted to Dallas Mavericks, they're one of the healthier teams in, in the playoffs. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Luka's done a good job. But I want to give a little credit. He's not flying under the radar this week or anything like that because people know who he is. But also in that game, Spencer Dinwiddie was showing yeah. out. And he got the bag for going to the Western Conference Finals. You hear about that? He got 500000 just for going just to for the going Western Conference West, Finals? Yes. Oh, he, man. So him That's a nice out, contract Yeah, addition. him coming out scoring that 21 points, 7 to 10 from the field like he did in that first half Ooh. with Luka getting that 27. Yeah. Definitely secured that 500K bag. That's that's absurd that he was able to do that. And Luka was letting him do his thing. They, yep. they mentioned this on the broadcast. It's like you see these superstars, and usually they just want the ball. They want to take over. They want to do their thing. Dinwiddie had the ball, and Luka's like, Bro, go. Do your thing. That's what you're supposed to do. Hit the shots. That's yeah. what he trusted his teammates. He trusted himself. That was awesome to see. And that's that's the chemistry on this team. And I don't know if it's because Kristaps left and it kind of opened up. Everyone could kind of breathe. Maybe he was an issue in the locker room. I don't really know. But this team clearly changed since Kristaps left. And I think they mentioned this on the broadcast. The Mavs have the best record in the NBA since January 1st. I don't know how true that is or if that's what I heard, but it's if that's the thing that's real, uh-huh. that's impressive. Well, it might be impressive to some. And, you know, granted, that was one of the teams that were maybe outside of the playoffs before. But when you look at the Mavs and what they were able to do under Jason Kidd, kudos to Jason Kidd for getting this Dallas Mavericks team mm-hmm. in motion. But also, you, know, you mentioned Chris Stops, KP. It's who they got for him, right? Spencer Dinwiddie they added another guard that can take that pressure off of Luka. Now, got to mention Jalen Brunson if we're going to mention Dinwiddie, right? Because that's one of the other guards on that team that's going to allow Luka to take breaks if Luka allows it, right? So sometimes I feel like Luka can be a little too ball dominant. Not necessarily a yeah, ball he hog, but he could be a little yes. too dominant. And that can and that can put uh, his teammates in an uncomfortable spot sometimes on that offensive side of the ball. And so I hope they can share the sugar, you know what I'm saying, and sprinkle out for everybody to eat. Yeah. Because if not, if you're going if you're gonna put all your chips in on expecting Luca to do everything, it's gonna be a long series. Yes, 100. percent And I want to say Mavs have the second best record since January 1st. Phoenix okay. Suns have the first. All so right. one off. Dallas Mavs still amazing second half of the season, and especially since getting rid of Chris Stops, they've been phenomenal. But I, it seems to me that they have figured out how to work everything out. It seems that way. They've they figured out that their identity is spreading the floor. Five wide. Five wide. Kind of, you know, it's kind of like what the Rockets thought they were back in 2017, 2018, 2018. With, with Harden, where you have the big superstar and then you surround him with guys who can shoot. I think that's kind of what they're going for. Mm-hmm. 
But Luka is a better player than Harden for that system, I think, because he can go inside. He can take guys like DeAndre Ayton and post them up and hit the shots. Harden couldn't really do that. Well, I think one of the biggest things with Luka is that, and they talked about it on the broadcast too, is the pace. Yeah. And that's why I think the Warriors have a better shot in this series because they're going to look to go up and down. Mm-hmm. You look at that last series between the Suns and the Mavericks and the pace of play, Luka's in the half court probably 70% of the time. You think about it, how often do you really see Luka on a fast break in transition? You yeah, don't really see that too much, really. And so when you think about it from that perspective, if you're the Warriors, you definitely want to get that rebound and get out on a break. Yeah, he slows now, it down. And, they, and we all know that the Warriors are a group rebounding team. It's all about effort. And I think the Mavs will be in that same light. But whoever can keep the pace in favor of the way that they want it in this series, which I think the Warriors will do a better job of keeping it up-tempo, That'll be the person. That'll be the team that comes out on top. It's going to be a really, really fun series, and we have our predictions at the end of the podcast, so we will give those. We go to the east side. East side, and that's your one big thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's Luca season, but it's also oh, it's Tatum season yeah. for sure. Okay, I know y'all have seen Jason Tatum and what he's <laughs> been able to do under them bright lights. Especially, listen, think about this for a second. I'm gonna paint this picture for you. We all know we've talked about it time and time again. Celtics, we're out of we're out the playoffs in the play-in scenario as the calendar year turned into 2022. We all know that they have the one of the best records in the East. I mean, it's any uh in the NBA since the calendar year turned. They went from basically worst to almost first. Yes. Now, with all that being said, they get to the playoffs. Tatum, your reward for going to the playoffs first round, Kevin Durant. No problem. We got this. Easy. Durantula, check mark. Oh, you beat him? Okay. Well, now you got to beat Giannis. Okay. Let's just be – we going to work. A lot of work. Seven games. Got it done. Granted, Bucks didn't have Middleton. I think that was huge. Yes. And then you started to notice the last two games. But check this out. Tatum was able to beat Katie and Giannis. Before the Eastern Conference Finals, I think, yeah. listen, I, and you for the tell, and, you, and people are going to tell me that I that team can't Jimmy go Ballard. all the way. Man, <laughs> now you got Jimmy. Bro, barbecue chicken, Jason. Barbecue Duncan chicken. Duncan Robinson? <laughs> Easy. <laughs> Easy money. So, it's like, that's how I look at it yeah. with Tatum. You know what I'm saying? He, he was able to beat Kevin Durant, able to beat Giannis, obviously with the help of Brown and Horford and Smart, you know what I'm saying, the rest of the crew. But he led the team. To, the, to those first two opening rounds, you know, getting out of those first two opening rounds. And to do that with the, against two of the top three players, I'm going to say three, three top three players yeah. in the NBA, bro, that's that's awesome. That's yeah, awesome. He's, he's, been, he's been really good, and we've seen – you know, it's obvious that the, the future of the NBA is Tatum and Doncic. That, that's seemingly, like, ja, going to be – Ja, those, ja those will be up there. there yeah. Ja will be up there, but I, I think – until Ja can hit the three-point shot efficiently, I, I do think that he'll have a little bit of a ceiling compared to those turning, guys. He was turning it up he last consistently. You, you he consistent. It, you saw it a little bit, especially like that game where he got hurt. Yeah, I think he had about three threes, he did. three or four threes in that game. If you give it to him, he's confident enough at least to shoot it. Right? Yes, which you know, is the biggest step that you need to take if you want to get better. So if he can develop that shot consistently, he'll definitely be up there. But to have these guys – under 26, 25, you know, Luke is 23, which is absurd with the way he's playing. They're going to be really fun, and I really hope, and I might predict this, but a Celtics-Mavs finals where we see Tatum and Luka going against each other is – that's popcorn material right there. 
I think the finals we're going to see is a finals that a lot of people had predicted to happen back when them boys were were even younger, Brown and Tatum. Do you remember when around 2017, 2018, when the media was making all their predictions and you had a lot of people going with the Kyrie-led Boston Celtics yeah. taking on the Golden State Warriors in the championship around that time as a as a finals prediction. Now, <laughs> fast forward a few years later, four or five years later, we actually may actually get a potential Warriors and Celtics series. So the way we'll it should be without Kyrie, without yeah, without Kyrie, without Kyrie, without Uncle Drew, yeah, Derek White as the point guard for the Celtics. <laughs> Uh, let's do some prison time because right. you know how we got to do it. Right to jail. We had to. Uh, we we sent him out last bond. week. Yeah, we had him out on bond. Uh, ben, bro, what's up with Had that? to go get him back. So who are we putting back <laughs> into prison this week? Well, you caught us last week. You know we let James Harden out because we thought he was doing well, especially when they were when they won that game and he played exceptionally well. Well, I think that was what game five or game four, whichever game it was, he played well. We let him out. We wanted to see what he was going to do in that next game. And let me tell y'all something: this man went out there and committed another crime. Okay, <laughs> he committed another crime, and I call it Grand Theft Sixers because <laughs> he because he stole from the Sixers, bro. If you was gonna go out there and only shoot two shots. In the second half, you could have just stayed in the locker room. Yeah. Could have just stayed in the locker room where he didn't do anything in the second half to help my man's Joel Embiid with the broken face, the messed up thumb, the concussion, because I feel like he still had a concussion out there. And so you got my boy, he out there trying to. I had somebody call me after that game and really trying to throw slander on Joel Embiid. I'm like, bro, he has a broken face. Newsome got a broken bro. He had a broken face. Like he has to be out there. He has to be out there trying at least. So you know, so we got to throw James Harden back back in that NBA. Get him back in. I'm more than happy to throw him. I know you are because he needs he needs to just stay stay in there, stay in there for the rest of the year. I mean, the man's he's bad. He clearly has gotten worse as a player, and I think that's just age a little bit catching up to him. Hammies, hammies, injuries, age. Who knows if he keeps himself in shape? I mean, we saw him pudge up towards the end of his Rockets career. <laughs> and he's, he, he got back to game shape, but who knows? You know, he's turning the ball over. He's making dumb decisions. Who knows where his head's at? Like, that's that's moves from a player that just, it's just doesn't care. Energy. He, he's acting like like I did at the end of senior year of high school. It's just like second semester senior, you're done. You don't have to worry about anything. You don't do your homework. You don't really try in class. You're going to school. It's fine. That's James Harden. <laughs> he's done. He was done. And once he's done – he doesn't care. He's turned the ball over, making dumb decisions, not shooting well. That's it. I forgot to tell you something before before the recording of the podcast. I, was, I meant to send you this this sheet of James Harden, stats by stats, based off the city in which has the worst and best strip clubs. There we go. I meant to send that to you, and I forgot. But the cities with the worst strip clubs is where he performs well. The team, <laughs> the cities with the best strip clubs, Miami, is where he struggles oh the most. So, the t- so that's something you got to pay attention to. If you out here thinking you want James Harden on your roster, you better make sure that whatever city your team in has terrible strip clubs or he ain't going <laughs> to be performing well. Not gonna be performing well <laughs> at all. Yeah, so Harden, Harden's in prison. I think this is this is the correct move. We we gave him a shot. We, we did. Him a I let him out. We ain't never let nobody out. No, he, he was, was the first the- person. Out of all people, James Harden be the first person yeah. to get let out. Yeah. I haven't even been let out yet. We let James Harden out. <laughs> One week and he's back in. Goodbye, James. But see, if the Suns had made it to the finals, I was gonna let you out. 
That's was, fair. I was going uh, there well. we go. So they, they ruined it for me twice. I get old takes exposed, and I still in NBA prison. Amazing. Uh, dunk or deny. Mm. Um, let's start with your dunking because I, I kind of want to piggyback off this. And I talked a little bit about the coaches, especially Jason Kidd, but got to give a shout out to him. Definitely. Uh, first of all, two black coaches in the NBA. First year, first year guys, right? They come in, Ume Udoka. A lot of people didn't know what was going to happen with the Celtics, whether or not he could do the job, especially come December, right? We talked about it. They were below 500. There were the the rumors about whether or not Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown can play together, If you know, if there's going to be a 1A, 1B situation or if there's going to be two alphas button heads. It's not the case at all, people. Ume Udoka was able to get that team on the right track. Marcus Smart defending at an all-time level. One defensive player of the year for the team. They climb all the way up to the number two seed in the East. I'm giving Ume Udoka a ton of credit there. And I want to just throw this out here. He's going to be a coach of the year candidate next season. I'm going to throw that out there, too, just for that. And on the other side, as we go out west, the southwest, in Texas, the Dallas Mavericks, Jason Kidd, and what he was able to do with that team as well. They were another team that was basically, you know, on the outside of the uh, playoffs at one point in the yeah, season. Yeah, they're like, like an eight seed. And then you say KP, they get rid of him. They add Spencer. They make some changes defensively. Jalen Brunson starts to step up when Luka was out and in his absence and got more confident, and he's due for payday this summer. Jalen Brunson, I can't wait oh, for that, man. man. He's going to make a lot. that check. He's going to make a lot. He's going to make so much money. Yeah, he's going to make a lot. Jason Kidd is able to do with that offense, spreading it out five wide, putting that pressure on opposing centers in the playoffs. I mean, I'm loving what Kidd has done this postseason, and I hope it continues. Yeah, he's been great. His his adjustments have been phenomenal, and he clearly has learned from being an assistant in L.A. Yeah. For their run in the bubble, their run the year before that, and, and coaching LeBron and coaching Anthony Giannis. Davis, coaching Giannis. Now, if you remember, his stint in Milwaukee did not go well. And he essentially bullied Larry Sanders into quitting the NBA. Because, bro, get on a plane. I th- wasn't that what it was about, right? Well, Larry, he, Larry Sanders he, like, didn't want to get on a plane. He was or? riding Larry Sanders really hard in practice, and he was making – I don't know. He was just really, like, almost bullying Larry Sanders. He had the team, like, come in on Christmas Day when they were off and practice. Like, he made a lot of head coaching mistakes in Milwaukee um, that I think he, he made learned one good from. one, though. One great one. He put the ball in Giannis's yes. hands and allowed him to be the facilitator and the ball-dominant player that he is today. I'm always going to give for Jason, Jason Kidd. Kidd that credit for Giannis Antetokounmpo, always. A little point-forward action. But he clearly did. He got fired, went to L.A., learned, learned from there, and kind of figured out how to be a good head coach, and now he's putting that to as good of use as he can because, man, the adjustments that they made against that Phoenix Suns defense, spreading out the team, hitting those three-point shots, and they saw that they were going to be open in the corner – I mean, it paid off game seven. You saw that. They destroyed him in game seven. And that was because Kidd made adjustments. Monty Williams did not adjust back. Devin Booker didn't play well. Aiton didn't play well. And that is a transition to who I'm denying, which is Devin Booker. Don't be like that. Devin Booker. I am denying Devin Booker because I want to wind the clock back to the summer of 2021. Okay. Before the season. Okay. And there was a video that came out with Devin Booker mm. playing pickup. Joe Kim Noah was involved. Oh man. Okay, I see where you go with this. And Talk about what it. happened in in one of the in the clip, it's like a 30 second clip. It and is. in the clip, Devin Booker's double teamed in a pickup game. And what happens? He throws the ball away. He goes, why are you double-teaming me? It's a pickup game. It's a pickup game. I get enough of that in the, in the NBA. NBA. Stop double-teaming me. The facts, though. And I agree with him on that note, but what you got? But then Joe Keith <laughs> Noah's like, 
dude, you're going to see in the NBA. Why do you care? You're just that's double true. team. That's and true. what happens? Booker comes in, game seven. You see him get doubled a lot. <laughs> you see him throw the ball away. You see him turn over, can't handle the defense. Like, come on. That's not a good look, man. So, so he got bad reps. He got bad, bad reps, summer reps. Bad summer reps. He didn't get he didn't get the practice he needed over the summer. But it's like, bad dude, habits you, carry on. Yeah, you got to play better. You got to play better in game seven, man. Especially someone who was an MVP candidate. He came into his own funeral in that game. He wore all black, so he definitely came to his own funeral. <laughs> yeah, in that game, I was man, I was so hurt. But like I said before, bro, nobody had. An explanation for what we saw in that no. game, bro. Like, I don't, I, I couldn't describe like what I was watching. Like, what is this right now? Like, it's literally, it's like watching a video game. It's like yeah. playing NBA 2K, my player on rookie or something, and you outscoring the opposing team with your player. Like, that's what it looked like watching Luca yeah. in that game. Their sliders time. were all the way up, just all the way <laughs> up at a hundred, and yeah. the other ones was the opposite <laughs> way for the, for the Suns at zero. Yeah. Like, they couldn't do anything. Like I said, it looked like Space Jam when they took all them boys' powers away. Like, how y'all down as much as, like, 50, 55 yeah. in a game seven? It don't get – like, that was ridiculous. I was lost for words. It looked really bad. All right, and you're denying we're going to go to CP3. Yeah, you, uh, man. You don't like his slander? I don't like this. Listen, folks, I don't like the Chris Paul slander. I ain't really with it. You know what I'm saying? And the only reason why I mention that is because of the strength of, like, what Pat Bev was out there doing and his TV his TV cycles of the other day. Yeah. I ain't really appreciate that, calling my boy <laughs> a cone. And then I was talking to my friends, and then they was like, well, when the last time he's been an elite defender, Chris Paul? And I'm just like, okay, we can break it down like this. Since everybody wants to nitpick my man's Chris Paul in terms of his ability to play defense and what Monty Williams should, ha- should have done or should have not done with Chris Paul in terms of maybe, like, reducing his minutes and putting him on the bench first. First of all, you're going to tell the former uh, NBA Player Association president that he can't play? Yeah, that's not going to happen. His egos is too high. Now, this offseason, maybe Chris Paul can go into consideration in retirement or whatever. But I would say this. I would argue this. The last time Chris Paul was an elite defender, Ben, probably eight years ago. A A great defender, maybe five years ago. A good defender, the last two seasons. Right, sure. I would break it. I would break it down. Yeah, he had his like moments. That. Yeah, because you know what I'm saying. I think in the last two years, one of these last two years, he's either been top three in steals or led the league in steals. Yeah, and I know steals is just a just a stat. It doesn't just dictate how you you know what I'm saying, how you are on defense as a whole. But that was one of the things that kept him in a float in terms of being relevant on the defensive side of the ball, being having a knack for you know what I'm saying uh, loose uh, loose balls or off ball steals or on ball steals, however you want to picture it. So no, 100%. no slander. No, I I think. I think some of the slander Holds merit. is a merited. Now, like being like, oh, he's trash or like the the, the picture that Pat Bev painted of I ain't like Chris it. Paul's haters, no. That's <laughs> no one's saying like he's trash or terror. Like like come on, Pat. Like you, you gotta calm down a little bit. Like mm-hmm. you're you're a role player in this league, as Matt Bard said. You're you're a role player. You're not you don't need to slander probably a Hall of Famer. But you look at some of his elimination game numbers, and you know plus minus isn't everything. But he doesn't have great plus minus numbers. He's never scored over thirty points in an elimination game, which I thought was really interesting. Now, does he need to? Eh, maybe not. But you know, if he's going to be the guy, you maybe want him to score over thirty points in at least a couple elimination games that he's had. So you could dive into his elimination game record and find some issues. But he's also played well in some. So. It's it's give and take. It's give and take. The injury stuff is annoying. You know, you That's can't you can't you can't be thing, like right? I'm always hurt. That's yeah. annoying as as well. So, I think there's a little bit of a gray area with Chris Paul, and and some of the slander's warranted, but 
come on, the, the guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah. One of the best point guards of all time. Like I said, he didn't really start playing bad being until he turned 37 yeah, in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, you also have to remember he's like, yes. Bro, he was hooping. Bro, I give you some numbers, bro. He was hooping, man. He was balling, especially against the Pelicans. Like, we know that. It probably, okay, so that one probably shouldn't have went sixth. I think that might have played a role, too, in the Suns losing is that they didn't take the Pelicans as serious as they yes. should have. Yes. And I'll go on a limb and say this. Bro, the Phoenix Suns, they might have just got humbled. You know what I'm saying? Y'all remember the Brown video when Brown was sitting on the bench and he was talking to them boys out there. He was telling, you know, he was telling Cameron Payne, stay humble now. Stay humble. Y'all just got here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Remember two and a half years ago, y'all weren't even relevant. You know what I'm saying? So stay humble. And maybe they maybe the Phoenix Suns, they got humble. Maybe they, they got humble. Maybe they needed it. And you're a young team. Maybe you need to be humbled once. Young team, you come back, get to the finals the next year. I mean, if if we're gonna look back and say the Suns got to the finals two out of the last three years after the next season. It's pretty good. That is pretty good. It's pretty good for a young team. Time for our predictions. Mm. Time to make the predictions. We step up, put it all on the table, give our predictions. Hopefully we don't get old takes exposed. I'm not going to say who's going to win the championship again. Uh, I made that mistake once. Not going to happen again. (laughs) I'm already sold on who I think is going to win, though. So I'm all set for me. Because remember, on an episode before, I said the winner of the Milwaukee Bucks-Boston Celtics series will be the NBA champion this season. And now, All right, there we the go. reason why I did say that, though, is because I had high hopes on the Milwaukee Bucks yeah, same. beating the Boston Celtics. However, I still feel that way even though the Bucks did not advance. I still believe the Celtics can surpass the Miami Heat and win the championship, whether they face the Golden State Warriors or the Dallas Mavericks. I still do believe that. Now, we'll get into it a little later. You know what I'm saying? I'm let you go. How you feel about – you know what I'm saying, that that, uh, that matchup out west with the Warriors and the Mavericks. Like, how you feel? I, I'm going to say, and this is the one I am least confident in of the two, I'm going to say Mavs in seven. In seven? I'm going to say Mavs in seven. I they think go the whole distance? They go the whole distance. And I, and I think these teams go back and forth. The Mavs are, they're not the most inconsistent team in this in the league, but I think for the rest of the teams that are available right now, I think mm-hmm. they're the, they're the most inconsistent of the four. So I think they play really well in a couple of games, probably the home games, and I can see the Warriors giving up a couple games too. I I just think these two teams have seen each other so much. The Mavs have won the regular season matchup three to one. They have been able to beat this Warriors team, but this Warriors team is different. Now you yeah, I'm about to say now you know context matters. So yeah. you know, so you said three to one. Who didn't play? Yeah, Clay, Clay ain't played all year. They're gonna see Clay now. Did uh was Steph there? Was Dre there? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, all those things are gonna are gonna come into play with how they saw them in the regular season, the Dallas Mavericks, versus how they're going to see them in the, in the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? They're going to stay Warriors. So it, it's going we'll to come down to role players in this series because Luka and Steph are going to be doubled into oblivion. And they're going to get theirs. They're going to get 20, maybe 30. They're going to get, they're going to get their opportunities. But if Jalen Brunson's hitting shots, if Bullock's hitting threes, if Kleba can knock down a couple uh, – the, the Mavs He's are going to be in good shape. By Dre. Ma- I know, that's the problem. <laughs> the, the, the Warriors have people to throw at him, and it's going to be the same thing for the Warriors. Is Draymond going to be able to step up? Is he going to be the assist guy that they need? Is Clay going to be able to be more consistent throughout the series? So it's going to come down, I think, to the role players, and the Mavs role players have shown, at least in the playoffs, that they can be fairly consistent. So I'm going to go Mavs in seven. Vets is the reason why I'm picking the Warriors in this series, right. Warriors and six. in six. It's the veterans, bro. And this is why. They still got Andre Iguodala old self out there. 
Like, they, they really do. They just said he's coming do. back. And I forgot he was even on the roster until I seen him on the sideline in the last game. And they were saying that he's, he gets a chance to come back. Otto Porter Jr., that's an, I'm going to just name all the players they're going to throw at. I, I believe they're going to throw at Luca. <laughs> all bro, the just to, just to limit him. Otto Porter Jr., they're probably going to throw Kaminga at him. They're probably going to throw Iggy at him when he returns. We know Clay's going to get him a few times. Mm-hmm. Like those players, what's that, four players? They're going to throw four different players at Luca. I believe. Just well, I ain't even mentioned Day-Day. Didn't even mention Draymond. Didn't. Because I know he's going to have some of those moments as well. He's going to try to annoy the hell out of Luca. Super annoying. Get in but, his head. But also, he's going to have to be careful. Fouls, yeah. technical fouls, like those things, getting into it with the ref. Like, you know, say you want, you got to limit that stuff. Leave that noise to Luca, because, you know, Luca out here getting all the takes. I think he's like a take away. From my, he might get suspended too. I don't know. You might have to check on your boy. Call your Luca and tell him to calm down on the refs, because <laughs> he stay cussing out the refs. He stay getting into it with the refs, your boy Luca. So, he a little hot he head for a little 23 year old. You can get to call your boy, tell him to calm down. Yeah, he, he does love to <laughs> chirp. And he was, that's the thing, when it's going well, well, he'll chirp and it's fun. It's he's it, laughing after every shot and, and yelling at the crowd. Bad, do the same thing. It's not good, and it's even worse. He'll just start getting texts everywhere. Uh, so I'll have Mavs in seven. You have Warriors in six. Yeah. Eastern Celtics in six. You also like the Celtics. In Boston six. Celtics in six. Yes. A lot of people think this is going to go the distance. Yeah. I don't really see it going the Miami's distance. offense, man. They're <laughs> it is. It's inconsistent. Gross. But then they they give us they give us a flash of like something spectacular, right? Yes. Max Struess just out of nowhere <laughs> yeah. just had almost a LeBron-like game. I think at one moment in that last game with the Miami Heat, he, it was at a point he had like 16 points, five assists, five rebounds. I'll say, okay, we, we just going to flirt with a triple-double, Max Struess. Like, it ain't no thing. It's crazy. <laughs> and they didn't even play Duncan Robinson that whole series but one game. Spo, I don't know what you be up to, what type of mad scientist crap you got going on on the board <laughs> at the crib to just not have a sharpshooter, $90 yeah. million dollar man, Duncan Robinson, not playing that series, not because he was hurt or anything, and you no. down a man. You down a man, too. Yeah. No Kyle Lowry. No Kyle They're Lowry. they have Kyle for the opening game for this series, too. And so when you have all that, it's like you are a smart individual coach, Spolster. Man you knows. Man. But you know what? You Udoka going to roll them sleeves up for your player. That chess match is going to be right uh, on the way. And I like wild. Boston in six. I do, too. I, it's going to be sloppy. It's going to be dirty. It's going to be, you know, those football games you see everyone's all muddy. This is going to be the equivalent of that on a basketball <laughs> court where it's just gross basketball, slow pace at times. We're going to see a lot of threes from the Celtics. Maybe that's where we'll see Duncan Robinson come in. Yep, if the Celtics yep. start hitting some shots, you throw D-Row in there, and he's going to be just jacking threes up, I guess. But – it's going to be a fun like chess match series. More so, I mean, that Mavs-Warriors series will be like that, but I think it's going to open up a little bit more where the, the coaching decision-making isn't going to be as important mm. as Celtics heat. Yeah. But I still think the Celtics win it. I think the Celtics are the most complete team that, that we That's have right now. Offensively, defensively, they can, they can beat you in so many ways and stop you from beating them in so many ways. I, I just think that the Heat's offensive ability, they're not going to be able to keep up with the Celtics for seven games. They're just not. I think one thing that is pivotal in this series, though, is Robert Williams. He yeah. has to play. He does. He has to play. If he does not play in this series, because they said last game, in Game 7, uh, Celtics-Bucks, they said that he could have played in that game. And so if Robert Williams can return to this series, 
it's going to open a lot more doors in terms of like what they're able to do on the defensive side of the ball and on the offensive side of the ball. Al Horford won't be out here looking like he's 21 again. <laughs> <laughs> out here getting yeah. like 30 and 17 or whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> he'll, Who knows? Be, he'll be looking back to his normal self. His uh, props won't be through the roof no, anymore. You can get, yeah, you can get some good deals on his unders <laughs> coming up in game one. Um, all right. Game of the week. Ooh, do you have one? I do. All right. You're still over 500. I am. So Barely. I'm Barely. sorry, y'all. We lost last week. Listen, I just, Celtics, listen, they supposed to. They weren't supposed to do what they did. <laughs> they <laughs> that wasn't supposed to happen. That was not supposed to happen. <laughs> In terms of Phoenix, you know what I'm saying, they were, on a, they were on the road, whatever, okay? But win the damn game at home, game seven. Like, secure the bag, people. Yeah. But whatever. I digress. He's but not I, upset. I'm not upset at all, <laughs> even though I ain't probably gambled in like two days. But that's, <laughs> but that's neither here or two there. Two old days. <laughs> that's neither here or there. But I will say this. I'm going to go with, since I want the Celtics to win this series, I don't think they'll win the first game coming out after that, you know what I'm saying, that tiring, fatigue game that they had against the uh, – well, series, I won't say game, series that they had where it was so – it was prolonged, the full seven games mm-hmm. with the Bucks. I don't think they'll win the first game. But I do believe, people, check me out. I believe. Oh, there we go. Oh, man, that parlay player. Check me out, people. I do believe game two, Boston Celtics, Miami Heat. I am pretty confident that the Boston Celtics steal a home, steal a game on the road against the Miami Heat. I do believe that. So go ahead, and you can even parlay it up, people. That's why I put the shades on because I'm feeling like, Jason Tatum might come out of there in South Beach going back to TD Garden with 25 or more. And the Celtics coming out on top. Y'all see what the boy Tatum been doing. 28 points a night in these playoffs. Like six boards shooting over 44% from the field. Knocking down the three ball with so much confidence. Mwah, kissing them to the crowd. I got to go with the Celtics. Let's go. Let's go C's. <laughs> go C's. Celtics I like it. game two. Celtics money line game two. Celtics game two money line. I want to take uh, – I'll throw I'll throw a play in there. The over on the Mavs Warriors. Okay. Game one. It's at 214 and a half. A little bit low. A little bit low? A little bit low. I, I think it'll go – the Warriors, huh? Yeah. I think the Warriors pace is going to – the Mavs like to play it slow. Yeah. I don't think they mind speeding it up just a little bit. I see like 218, 219 here. Maybe even reach a little 220, 220. action. Okay. A little bit low. A little bit low. So All I'm right. going to go the over. <laughs> 214 and a half. Game one, Mavs Warriors. Game one, Mavs Warriors. The under. I like it. If you like it, I love it. So that's how that's how we're going to do it, man. There we I go. So we Let's go 2 and 0. Chance, making some money 2 and 0. He done hopped on the Zach Money Line play of the week. Dropped y'all a little bit for the under points in the Mavs and the Suns game. I got the Celtics game two with Jason Tatum scoring 25-plus points on the parlay tip. So we can go ahead and parlay that together because I know the Celtics going to be underdogs in game two because I don't think they're going to win the game one. And straight like that, you come out on top with some dollars. There you go. And just like that, people, that concludes this edition of Points in the Paid Podcast presented by Stadium. NBA podcast here is number one here, baby. Number one, folks. And you know what? All the betting tips, sharp lessons with my main man, Nate Jacobson, and Ben Wittenstein. You do not want to miss that. Inside the association, ITA, with Shams, Cam Smith, and Pat Garrity. They're running the three-man weave. You do not want to miss that show. It comes out every Thursday. All things football. My boy, Michael Felder. He got the podcast, what, Hand in the Dirt? Hand he in got the, dirt. the Hand in the Dirt. They talking football and gardening. 
So you don't want to miss it. that. And you know he got the other football podcast too, people. Come on, now inside. Yeah, loves the league, tape don't lie. You know what I'm saying? Tapes don't lie. Then he got inside the league. We coming at you all things football. That season is coming up right around the corner. Pretty soon it's gonna be July and they're gonna be in training camp. So you wanna be paying attention to all those new draft picks and everything like that. Michael Felder got y'all covered. 773-273-9088. Voicemail line. We will play the voicemail right here, baby. Right here. Right here. At Points Paint, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. And you'll hear from us next week. Thank you.